Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL season, it's in full swing. It's in the last leg, and look, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. And from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And don't forget, there's always that online casino as well. Hint, it never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the pod today. It's Bears-Lions week. It's the sequel. We are back. So it's time to talk to the enemy. He is the host of Believe in Lions with Benny Blades. He's also the host of Believe in Kool-Aid Cast, our Detroit Lions friend, our opponent, our enemy this week, but our friend any other week, Derek Okree. How are you today? Joey, what's going on, man? I really appreciate you having me on. We haven't done this since the opener where my Lions played your Bears and uh, DeAndre Swift dropped a pass that cost us that football game. Me and you had a a tough season on both ends. And we got to get it right off the top, Joey. It's it's Believe in Lions with Benny Blades, but then we got to get the Detroit Kool-Aid cast can be found on your favorite podcast platforms everywhere you want to listen to it. So just get get a cheap plug off the top there. Absolutely, man. Two great, two great shows that I enjoy very much. If you want to get analysis on the Lions and if you want to have a good time, too, as well, check out both of those. It felt like that was decades ago, the last time we talked, my friend, and they're back at it for one more go around. It's really funny, you know, at the beginning of the year, I did ask you the question. It was a bit hyperbolic at the time, but it turned out to be fairly true. You know, was, is Matt Patricia coaching for his job this year, and how long do you think he would last? You know, I think you had some general optimism that this, this Lions team could be competitive this year. It didn't really go that way. So, you know, for the sake of a podcast, we're not going to do a dead air moment of silence, but if you want to give a eulogy right now for Mr. Matt Patricia, We are ready to hear it, my friend. Your thoughts on Bob Quinn and Patricia being shown the door. Well, before I get into that, Joey, like I said, when I came on before, I was positive. You know, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid for all the Lions fans. And I I thought this was the year it was going to come together. You know, I thought Matt Patricia was going to get it together. I thought he was going to he's going to get it fixed. But but dearly beloved, we are here today to celebrate the loss of Matt Patricia and that dumb look on his face that I had to see week after week where Matt Patricia just, I didn't see any fire on Sundays from this guy. I just didn't see what all the Lions fans thought they would see. And that, that was a guy that could outthink the other guy, that could help win, you know, that could just um, dial up defenses. I didn't, I didn't see any of that. I, I think he did some good things behind the scenes, but everybody in Detroit was just ready for this to be over. Because we didn't like what we saw Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. It got to a point where I couldn't defend it anymore. We had to move on. And they did. You know, they moved on from Matt Patricia. So the time was right. You had to do it. Got rid of Bob Quinn, too. And now the Lions are heading towards kind of a fresh start. See what we get these last five games. and, and, And get ready to bring in a new GM, a new head coach. Possibly a new quarterback. Yeah, you heard it here. We might have to get a new QB there and get this thing rolling in Detroit. Wow, I love that. And, you know, what was the hope behind the pencil? That you guys were going to have an intimidating defense week in and week out, and you already felt like you were sort of set on the offensive side of the ball with some weapons that you liked and a quarterback that's been around for a while and, and a guy that I believe is, is, is an above-average quarterback, you know, in a league where there's only a few elite, elite, elite quarterbacks in this league. 
and it just didn't seem to happen. I was talking to a buddy who's also a Lions fan earlier, and I just sort of mentioned that I want your take on this. It is a little bit of the year from hell for the Detroit Lions, though, correct? I mean, off the field, you have Matt Stafford's wife's videos. You've got Matt Patricia's burner Twitter account, which we're finding out today. On the field, you know, DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Sifthands, as I called him after week one, you know, really started coming on in those last couple of weeks before he had the concussion. It was just, man, bad timing. You have an elite receiver in Kenny Galladay who's been hurt all season long, only played four games. You know, your quarterback, Matt Stafford, had COVID, and now he's got torn ligaments in his thumb. You know, I know we want to just beat on the Lions like usual, and I know I don't like Matt Patricia. I think he was, you know, a dog of a coach, and I'm glad that he's out. But, you know, the ball certainly did not bounce the Lions' way this season. Is that fair? Well, I, I don't know if it's fair. I think I think we had a couple shots fired from you there, Joey. Uh, a lot of rumor and innuendo, if you ask me, from some of the what things Eddie P. Uh, Eddie P. on Twitter. Yeah, that that that's been debunked. I mean, this guy's a rocket scientist. <laughs> he's smarter than that. That's gonna that's the, he, he's gonna come up with a better handle or a better situation than that. I mean, I can't speak for Matt Stafford's wife. She's kind of a loose cannon on the uh, social medias, the old uh, Instagram. You know, for the gram, she does all this crazy stuff. But I mean, I but I also wouldn't say the ball has kind of bounced the wrong way. The Lions have just played really bad football, kind of uh, on the defensive side, no question about it. I mean, I I don't know what they're doing when I watch these games you just have people standing in random areas not guarding anyone everybody on our team is too slow you know for today's game and then on offense yeah when we talked earlier I was kind of like man Swift Galladay uh, you know Marv Danny Amendola Stafford at the helm I thought they could really put up some points and, and it's been pretty hit or miss as well I mean the reason I was talking about a new quarterback is I, I guess I've just reached the point with Matt Stafford where it's year 12, if you can believe that. I mean, the guy's only 32, which is really the only reason I kind of hang in there is he still probably has six, eight, you know, not, not eight, but, you know, five to six good years at a quarterback if he wanted to, um, based on how they protect the position these days. But, but I keep telling all my friends, like, we know what we have now. Like, it doesn't change. He makes enough turnovers throughout the year to cost you ball games. He makes enough good plays that keeps everybody excited and fired up. And it's, it's just never going to be good enough to get to the playoffs and get to that elite championship level. So I think you got to set the transition, you know, plan in place, which is draft a guy in the uh, first couple rounds and move forward. But it, it hasn't been like little bounces here or there. There's kind of just been poor football, poor effort at times, in my opinion. And just, you know, uh, got to see a better, better played games on Sunday is what the Lions fans, I think if these last five games, if Daryl Bevel helps them bring a little bit of juice, you see a little bit more excitement, a little bit of fun out there, a little bit of effort, excitement from the coach rather than just standing there, you know, with a stale look on his face, like, I think that would be exciting because we just need to see good football again and then get excited about this offseason, this turnover, and it's pretty much going to be a rebuild. I hate to say it, but they're going to have to rebuild it kind of from top to bottom with only a few key pieces on both sides of the ball, you know, in my opinion. It's a really interesting take, Derek, and I got to be honest, I think you're one of the few Lions fans that are out there. You know, I'm sure there are some rumblings about maybe moving on from Matt Stafford, but I mean, it's probably a reality that Lions fans probably need to start wrapping their head around a little bit heading into this offseason. I talk a lot about with the Bears, when we talk about quarterback, for our whole lives, we've never had a good quarterback. And it's this concept of a guy that you can win with, and then the guy that you win because of. 
And that's what the Bears have always been sort of searching for. I feel like at times Matt Stafford, maybe in those Jim Caldwell days when you guys were, you know, fighting for divisions, going to playoff game, going to the playoffs, maybe not winning playoff games, but you know, five, six years ago, Matt Stafford sort of felt like a guy that you could win because of him. And now maybe in his career, he's a win with kind of guy. So let me ask you this question. You're talking about drafting a quarterback, maybe moving on from Stafford. With Dara Belville now in as interim head coach, you know, ideally, of course you want to root for your lines, but what is the ideal scenario for you? You know, they lose out. Let's get a high draft pick. Let's see if we can get our hands on a Trey Lance. Or, you know, let's see if they can win some games and maybe move into the offseason with a sense of maybe momentum or optimism. One of, my, one of my good friends, before I came on the show tonight, he reminded me to let you know that, that at least the Lions don't have to deal with the fact that we passed on Deshaun Watson who? or Pat Holmes. Don't know so, him. Don't know who that is. I just thought I'd get that, that shot in. We don't have to deal with that. But we do have I'm to not familiar. <laughs> it's like you said, this decision on Matt Stafford. And for me, like I, I deal with the dollars and cents a lot. So, you know, Stafford got paid big a few years ago. He, um, you know, that quickly became kind of a middle of the road paid quarterback based on how contracts were going. He's going to be making over $30 million as well as the next year. You know, if you were to just move on from him, I think you pay 20 to 25 million in dead cap. So, you know, when you're talking about the the best case scenario, in my opinion, it's sort of, you know, let a, um, you know, see where you're at. And you're probably going to be picking, you know, obviously in the top 10, maybe even the top five when it shakes out. If a quarterback that your new GM, new head coach really loves and thinks they can bring along and fits what they're looking to do, I'm definitely not opposed to taking one that high. I also think you can always play that game of maybe getting that pass rusher and then waiting to see how it shakes out in the early second round, getting a guy. And then the the best part about either of those situations is then you can kind of just, you know, keep Matt Stafford around unless he, you know, really wants out of town or something. But the ideally would be keep him around, you know, make sure he's still saying and doing pretty much the same thing he's done all 12 years, never says anything in the media, goes out, does the best he can, um, let the, let the young kid, you know, develop. And then when the trade deadline comes around, you know, try to move them for some pieces. If you get a second round pick, you know, for, for a quarterback, you know, there's always a premium. I think that would help the the future of the team. Um, you, you can move him on to a, hopefully a situation that he could, he could play and possibly win. But then the Lions w- wouldn't be wasting all that dead cap, you know, even if they had to keep him. I think the next year it goes all the way down to eight, nine million dollars of dead cap. Then you could move on from them and not think too much about it. So you, you got to look at the financials as well as just how do you set this team up for the future? And everybody here is just ready for a new voice, a new leader, a new passer. I mean, Stafford has a ton of fans. Don't get me wrong. People will just ride and die with this guy forever. But it just hasn't resulted to the type of winning and the type of success and excitement that we need right now with this football team. So I think a change is coming. It just might be 21 or 2022 before you see it in full, but I, but I think it's coming. Speaking of financial future, what is your take on what you think the Lions should do with Kenny Galladay heading into the off season? Incredibly talented player. Only has played four games this year, hip hamstring injuries, just hasn't been able to stay on the field. I flip-flopped on this one, Joey. I got to say, I mean, for a while there, I mean, here's how I went with Kenny Galladay. They drafted him. I was kind of like, who? You know, like he was not on my top of my radar. And then I only had to watch this guy play about two football games for the Lions. 
I was like, man, we might have something in this guy. He's a big old athlete. He's smooth. He can go up and get the football. And he just grew into a great player over the last couple of years. And every week he's out there. It seems like he's scoring touchdowns, making big catches. So, so then I came around where I was having fights with friends saying, I love the player, but I don't know if I want to pay him 17 to $20 million. And then he kept balling out. He kept playing good. He even came back earlier this year and had three, four great games. I said, all right, I'm ready to pay him. I think he, he's come along. Now he, then he went down <laughs> soon after that and got hurt. And now I'm, now I'm double thinking it again. Maybe this guy doesn't want to be here. Maybe he's not as durable as we need for that type of um, money. I mean, I don't think he's an elite talent, but I do think he's that top 15, top 12, you know, maybe even a top 10 quality receiver when it comes to production. He's real humble off the field. So I don't know. I mean, if you ask me today, I, I'm, I guess I'm in the camp of if we're doing a restart, and if we're setting this roster up, it's probably better to let him go somewhere else and be a decent to good receiver and go ahead and take those, take that money and those investments and try to get more speed on this team on both sides of the ball, some more defensive playmakers. I mean, that's probably the way I would go. Heading into this game, let's get into Bears versus Lions this week. Just came down the pipe, uh, I believe, about 30, 40 minutes ago. Looks like DeAndre Swift has cleared concussion protocol, which sets him on track to play in week 13. When you're looking at this matchup, you know, what's your level of optimism right now? Typically when teams change head coach like that, especially when you kind of get some rumblings that some of the defensive players weren't exactly on the same page with Matt Patricia. Maybe there is a breath of fresh air going on in the Lions locker room right now. You know, what is your level of optimism heading into this week against the Bears? Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what happens. Like I say, I'm I'm usually the positive, optimistic guy. You're hearing some of my frustrations come through here on the show today, and then the other podcasts I do because I just want to see good football. I want to see success for this team, and I, I've seen too much, you know, too much losing from them co- consistently. You know, so I want that to change. So, you know, coming into this game, I mean, I think Daryl Bevel has taken the approach of d- saying and doing everything the opposite basically how Matt Patricia did. Hey, we want to, we want to cut them loose. We want to, you know, uh, do this and that. It was basically like, let me, let me figure out what, what good old Patricia did and just, uh, you know, do the Costanza and do the opposite. So that's one way to go. That's great. He's saying all the right things. and, And like me, even as the positive lions fan is sitting here going, I, I don't see it though on Sunday. I would be shocked if they came out and played great offensively and had a, some swagger and played loose and with their hair on fire, like you said. I, I would be surprised. The other thing that's really hurt the Lions the last three to four weeks when they've really kind of went in the tank is you don't have Kenny Galladay. We don't have DeAndre Swift. We haven't had Trey Flowers. Those are basically the three best football players on the team, in my opinion, when you're talking about age, skills, you know, impact positions, things like that. So, you know, if you could get one or two of those guys back here in the next week or two, I think you could see a little bit def- different team. But this Sunday, I was kind of surprised by that DeAndre Swift news because all day here in Detroit, we have been hearing that, you know, Adrian Peterson says, man, this guy doesn't look, he, he just doesn't look right. He's acting the same, you know, something might be wrong with this whole concussion. And then, like you said, before we jumped on here, word was, no, he passed. He's just not, he's sick or not feeling well, but if he can get through that, he should be good to go. I mean, I'd love to see 32 back in the uniform. He really jumped off the page once he got the football a little bit more like I have been calling for, for weeks. So I really don't know what to see in this team. I mean, I guess I throw it to you too. Like, well, what are we going to get from the bears, a team that, 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 that won four or five and now has basically lost five in a row and has Mitch back at quarterback. Like what are we going to get from Chicago is kind of what I want to know as well. 
doing these pods that we've been doing for our respective teams now all season long, you know, we're trying to read the tea leaves. We're trying to, you know, gauge momentum, rhythm, all that stuff. And, and the bears have just been so Jekyll and Hyde. They're the second team in NFL history to start the season five and one, and then lose five games in a row. There's only one other team that's ever done that before. So we're in a bit of unprecedented territory. And it is an interesting narrative where the lions hire Matt Patricia defensive guru he gets fired because your defense is terrible. Meanwhile, in Chicago, we hire Matt Nagy as an offensive guru. And meanwhile, our offense is terrible. And our offense was terrible last year. And dare I say, it's even worse this year. So as much as I want to wrap my head around the stats, and I, I threw them at you in week one about how Trubisky plays really good, well against the Lions. I do expect him to have a really good game. It is just <laughs> really hard to tell. It's just really hard to tell what exactly is going to happen, and I think it could be ugly. This game could be like 17-13 in the fourth quarter with either team up, and you know it really will come down to – I don't even know if it's a situation where will it come down to whoever makes the most plays or whoever makes the less mistakes, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you guys had Club Dub. I mean, Nagy was the new hot coach like a year ago. I mean, everybody thought Matt Patricia was a genius and going to cre- create this tough team. Look at us now, Derek. Like, like what What has happened? Like, the NFL is the most ridiculous league in all of sports. You have no idea what you're going to get from week to week or year to year. So, I mean, gosh, when we were talking about this game on Sunday, like, you know, I wrote, I do an article for USA Today Lions Wire where I'm talking fantasy football every week. And I put a little uh, section in there about the Lions as well. And, and, you know, I checked the old weather report because I never know what I might get in Chicago in in early December here. And it looked like it was going to be decent, like mid-30s and and cloudy. So, you know, the weather should be good. But as far as what's going to happen on the field, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I... I, if, if Matt Patricia was still at the helm, I could tell you what you're going to get, you know, it's horrible defense, you know, run the football in two yards in a cloud of dust, every, every first and second down, try to throw it on third down and, and get beat by, you know, a touchdown or two based on how bad the, the defense is and Matt Stafford making some mistakes, but you know, I, I'm really hoping they'll surprise me and come out and put some points up, get some guys healthy. And, and like I say, you guys seem to still have a pretty decent defense, but I mean, I, I feel like, you know, the, the lucky charms for Mitch Trubisky has got to run out at some point. So I, I don't see him lighting up the Lions in this game. I really don't. Yeah, the stuff I'm looking at feels more like there's more emotions to this than I think it is more about football. So I'm kind of curious to see which emotion probably shows out earlier in the game. Emotion number one on your guys' side, you know, new coach, pep in your step. Now these players are not just playing for each other. And not just for the Lions, but they're playing for their careers. It's sort of like a just a different vibe. So I'm curious to see if they have a little pep in their step. Um, meanwhile, on our side, we haven't won a football game since October 18th. We've lost five games in a row. If you lose six games in a row, you lose seven games in a row, eventually your coaching staff and your GM won't be around very much longer. So, I mean, we've been in must-win territory for weeks now. So I'm curious to see if there's desperation versus the breath of fresh air. You talked about fantasy football. I do want to ask you, tell the Bears fans about what you've seen from TJ Hawkinson this season. Uh, I believe he's got seven touchdowns. seems like every single week he's at least catching four or five passes. Bears typically, especially with Danny Trevathan in the linebacker group, Trevathan's lost a bit of a step. Tight ends have given us problems this year, um, and opponents have been able to get production out of the tight end position. What have you seen from TJ Hawkinson? 
Yeah, I guess you're asking me about soon-to-be Pro Bowler TJ Hawkinson. That's I mean, right. This guy now is leading votes in, in the NFC, which surprised me. I mean, uh, you know, I've been, a, I've been a supporter of him. You know, I'm a big draft guy, so I can't say I was thrilled, you know, taking him at seven overall there or top of the draft, uh, eight overall, whatever it was. But, I mean... He, he he continues to grow the I guess the problem is like we really don't feature the guy it's kind of like Matt Stafford does the whole well I get the ball the open guy yet we'll see TJ Hawkinson come out and make a couple plays early and, and look like he's got it rolling and they don't get the ball to him until the fourth quarter after that I, I don't know why this guy can't be featured I don't know you know why they don't use him more as a weapon like you take a guy at that type of draft pedigree and prospect you, you might want to feature him you might want to dial up some things for him consistently every week I mean he found the end zone early which is something I was waiting on last year too is hey if he's not going to be ultra productive at least use him in the red zone or at least let's let's toughen him up and be a little bit better blocker he seemed to do better in those areas so I like the player he hasn't done a ton to wow me you know I think if, if you got him the football in his area maybe seven to ten times a game and, and featured him more in the red zone even than they do I think you you can definitely see a, a top top ten top eight type tight end in, in the game but I mean, I still not not that flex tight end that's going to fear you with speed or, or or put up 120. I think he's only had a couple games where he really got up in the triple digits yardage wise, and you know, a couple games maybe he had one or two touchdowns, but he hasn't had those blow away games by any means. It's usually you know 65 yards and maybe a score is kind of that top end. So I, I like the player. I mean, he's a he could be good, but he needs more targets. And he needs to be featured, and he needs to step his own game up. He needs to catch the football. He's been a little bit better in that area but you'll still see drops here and there and he, he's got to take it to the next level if he wants to be with the Kittles the Kelsey's and, and that kind of company he's still got some work to do no doubt about it I ask every person that comes onto the pod who covers the opponent of which the Bears are about to play that week this question the Bears will win if blank you know, it, it's simple. Every week for me it comes down the Bears will win if they win the turnover battle. You know, the Lions they, they coughed it up three times on Thanksgiving. Matt Stafford threw the ball directly to, uh, you know, J.J. Watt. Yet all I wanted to hear was what a great play it was by the defensive end. Well, I mean, the ball came right to you, and then you caught it and ran in for a touchdown. So those type of turnovers are going to beat you any week in the National Football League. And the Lions, if you, if you look back at their history, when they win the turnover battle, they usually win the ball game. But they usually don't win the turnover battle. <laughs> they usually are giving it to the other team or coughing it up with their Crisco gloves that they're wearing or whatever the case may be. So, you know, if they can protect the ball and if they can maybe find a way to take it away uh, once or twice or more from the Bears, I mean, that's been a huge problem, too, for the Lions. Cannot take the ball away, cannot force pressure on the quarterback, can't force turnovers. That's going to be hard for you to win. So I think that's that's going to be the thing for both squads, but definitely for Chicago. They win that battle. Um, they're, they're probably going to win the game. Bears versus Lions week 13. When the clock strikes zero on this game, who will be the winner? Joey, like every every week, I feel like I'm saying, oh, you know, the Lions are going to find a way to pull it out. Oh, the Lions are going to score 35 points and and surprise me. They, they haven't this year. I mean, they were 3-3 three and three against the Atlanta Falcons. I was actually in the ATL for that game. What an incredible comeback by Matt Stafford. I thought, man, hey, maybe we're about to turn the corner. They, they basically have just went downhill from there. I mean, I can't do it. As much Detroit Kool-Aid as I want to serve up, and and like I say, I've got hopes for my Lions in the future and for some excitement. 
I, I see this game being like a 24-20, 24-21 type ball game, you know, back and forth, a little bit ugly on both sides. And, and I see psh, Chicago, I hate to say it, <laughs> coming out with a W uh, and Mitch Trubisky. That's kind of how I see it going down. Yeah, on uh, Believe in Bears pot, I am six and five on my picks. And I feel every time I say it, I feel like I need to take a shower um, because – Sooner or later, in this past like five or six weeks, I've just been completely off on figuring out which Bears team is going to show up each week. And unfortunately, it's been regressing in the wrong direction. And I mean, at this point, I do think the Bears have the slight edge to win this game. Obviously, they do need it just a little bit more. They are at home. You know, the Lions, let's see what they can do and come up. But they can easily put a scare into us and they can easily come out and win the game. Derek, so great talking to you, man. Great to have you back on the pod. I do want to ask you one final question because now this isn't coming from me, but this is coming from some of my Chicago friends and some other sports fans in general. I want to pour, if you can't pour me a glass of that Kool-Aid real quick, I could, I could use a beverage and we're <laughs> going to have a, we're going to have a Kool-Aid here and then we're going to clink glasses. And okay. I, and I just want you to, I want you to explain to everyone the importance, uh, the tradition, the history and why the Detroit Lions deserve to continue to play on Thanksgiving moving forward. Oh, my goodness. See, you're going to hit me with this to end the show. Joey. I'm sorry, you're- man. People are asking questions, and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to defend, too, as well, that there's a history and there's a tradition, and it doesn't matter. That yeah. the, the, I mean, let's just be honest. This, the game this year was not fun to watch. Can we all agree on that? And whenever that happens, people are always like, well, why are they playing on – thanksgiving in the first place so this is a platform for you to just shut those haters down right there all right joey you said i gotta serve up some kool-aid we're gonna clink some glasses i i might as well drop a little sound bit on you from my detroit kool-aid cast bring uh, it before i do that drink it in let let, let me serve up that kool-aid drink it in for a minute because you you know why the lions are are playing on thanksgiving and are always going to play on thanksgiving because we started playing on Thanksgiving. It's it's a tradition the Lions came up with. You, you don't just change. What? Because we haven't been so great. We've lost a few games. Tradition is tradition. And, and like, like I said, I hear this every year. People want to take the game away from the Lions. They want to say, oh, it wasn't fun to watch. We like to watch. What do, what do you want to watch? The Steelers, the Cowboys, the, the teams that are on every other week in the National Football League. Come on, man. This is this is what the Lions started. This it's a it's a tradition here in the state of Michigan. I mean, it, it's it's an incredible game. Yeah, you, you got the parade downtown. You got the game at 1230. You, you got the Lions finally getting their act together and wearing the throwbacks, which why they went away from that a few years ago. I have no idea. You wear the throwbacks. You, you, you I always think the- of Megatron when I think of the throwbacks. I don't know. It just immediately goes straight to 81 when I think of that. No, man, you got to go back for you got to go back to the Benny Blades days like I'm I believe in Lions where he number 36 was wearing that dark blue and that silver helmet and out there hitting people that was even before my day to be honest but Benny Blades is a beast and he's funny on my podcast but you just can't take it away you know it's just it's just one of those things that it is what it is everybody else gets their primetime Thursday game so the Lions don't get a Thursday night game they get Thursday, Thanksgiving, 1230, your turkey, your fan, you sit around, you watch it. And if you don't like the game, you can watch your Cowboys. You can watch some other team that the NFL loves after that. 
but that's just the way it is. It's the way it's going to be. And that's, that's not Detroit Kool-Aid. That's not the drinking in talking. That's just the way it's going to be because you don't break traditions like that because a couple people or the big markets are, are upset with it. You just don't do it. We started it. It's our thing. It's not going anywhere. We're not taking it away because of a few you know, down years or because a few fan bases want to like say, well, I like to see my team. Okay. Well, your team should have thought about it. Like what? 50 some years ago or whenever they started this tradition. How about that? We thought of it first. It's ours. No, look, I'm here. I'm right there with you. And I personally, I think it's just a cheap shot. It's just really easy every single year because they still make the schedule in the preseason, you know, every single season. It's so easy to just be like, well, the lions don't deserve the game. Well, you know who else didn't deserve the game this year, Washington and Dallas. And when they drew that up on the map, I think in the preseason, they thought Dallas was going to be good. They didn't see Dak Prescott was going to get hurt. And that, dog, that game turned into a dog. I mean, every year I think you see, ooh, Falcons Saints on the board. And by the time you get there, the Falcons are, what, like two and six. So I just find it to be very convenient. I hear it a lot that, like, why do, they, why do the Cowboys and the Lions always get the game? I'm fine with the tradition. And you just always have to roll the dice and just ask yourself, you know, some years, some years these teams are good. Some years these teams are bad. You can't always, you know, look into the crystal ball and figure out which games are going to be great. It's the same for all the different kinds of primetime games. So I'm glad that you said that because I, I am in agreement with you. I like it that the Lions play nice and early. I know who it's going to be every single year. And when the Bears end up on that schedule, I'm happy about it, you know. And, you know, whether the game's going to be good or not is really just dictated on what the season looks like. It has nothing to do with the team. And the, and the Lions just need to win more. You know what I mean? Like everybody, uh, we're the Cubs of the National Football League right now where, you know, it's fun to make fun of It's fun to see all the losses. But what happened when your Cubs rise, rose up and won that World Series? It was like, glorious. Went to bed and it was the biggest thing in the entire city's history. What, what do you think it's going to be when the Lions rise up here? I don't know if it's going to be in two years. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, this next regime or the regime after. But I know when it happens, it's going to be huge. So, like I say, our track record is not good especially since i've you know been a diehard fan but it doesn't mean that it can't turn around it doesn't mean that um everybody just loves a winner you know the teams that win what why do you think everybody loves the steelers the ravens um you know the chiefs right now they're winning ball games they're putting a good product on the field but if, if you're a true fan which i know you are the bears and me the lions like you you ride with your team and you ride the ups and downs and, and like i said this tradition's not going anywhere and hopefully in a few years you'll be saying wow i can't wait to watch the lions on thanksgiving because they got a new revived football team they're hungry ready to go play and uh, that's just not the case right now so i can see why people would be uh, on the other side of the coin but hey man we're gonna have a big game this sunday between two nfc north rivals i'm looking forward to it i mean we, we both have not had the season we'd like but uh, i still think it's gonna be fun to watch two uh two midwest teams go at it that's always classic so can't wait to see it Oh, me and you, we're going for a ride this weekend. Uh, where we're going, I'm not quite sure the destination yet, but it is going to take I'm us still bitter somewhere. About week one, I got to say, me and you chatted a little bit after that, but uh, that, that still gets after me. So I'd like my Lions to get even this week. How about that? Yeah, let's just say I don't think there's going to be a lot of 17-point de- deficits erased in this game. But um, I, I'm with you, though. I do think the game is going to be a little bit closer, and I think it's going to come down to maybe, you know, I don't know about – big impact plays but i'm with you i think whoever makes the least amount of mistakes in the game probably comes out the victor and we're just gonna roll the football out there and see what happens 
Derek Oakry, man. So great to talk to you. Everyone check out Believe in Lions podcast of the Believe Podcast Network with Benny Blades every single week, bringing you pregame, postgame, getting you ready for Lions games and the NFC North at large. And also check out the Detroit Kool-Aid podcast too as well. That's where they get to cut it up. That's where they get to drop in some of those cool sound bites like the drink it up. Uh, two really great shows, Derek. Thank you so much for joining me. Great to talk to you, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Joey, appreciate it, man. Should be a good game on Sunday. Can't wait for it. Today's episode of Betting Chicago is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. Hope you listen to the next pod because we got plenty more great content coming up for you, not just this week, but next week too as well. Until then, be well, be safe, be good to each other, and we will talk then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.